This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 112. Why is there so much violence? Troubles and times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible. This time, why is there so much violence? And uh, we've got the Full House original members of That's in the Bible with us today. We've got Pastor Steve, Pastor Strobel, Pastor Matt up in the Arctic, and myself, Eric, as your host. Um, you know, this episode and this this podcast itself is all about what does the Bible say? We're not really that interested in what man has to say, um, other than where it agrees with the Bible and follows the Bible. So you're not going to hear uh, Baptist doctrine. You're not going to hear Catholic doctrine here. You're going to hear Bible doctrine. And uh, to do that, we're going we're gonna to start out by saying hello to Pastor Steve Bear. Uh, Pastor Steve Bear, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Eric. Glad you could join us again. And how are things over in your neck of the woods? Uh, we're doing fine. Uh, church is going on, just uh, doing well. We've had, like I've said, I think in the past, got some few new families that are coming and uh, really enjoy that. They're really hungry for the word and uh, really appreciate that. Uh, just the fact that, you know, that uh, kind of a kinship and fellowship that you find in certain individuals that... Uh, really want to know the word and so forth. Uh, it's refreshing that after church, instead of just everybody just packing up and just leaving and so forth, uh, sometimes I think we stay after church longer than we are in church. And, uh, you know, people just getting together and then talking about a variety of things, but but a, a good bit of the time uh, we're, we're talking about the Lord and, and uh, what, how he's working in our lives and how the sermon uh, you know, uh, happen to co- correlate with things that are going on in their lives and so forth. And it's just really a, a joy and, and, and refreshing to be able to have those kind of conversations taking place. And uh, just um, getting back into the normal swing of things, I, I'm sure Pastor Strobel probably mentioned something about it as well, but we've got invited back to uh, Attica Prison. I uh, haven't been back there yet. He's been back. And so uh, this coming uh, Tuesday, uh, I believe the 31st of May, we'll, I'll be going back for the first time uh, since the pandemic started there and they shut everything down. So uh, we're looking forward to get back there with the guys and, and uh, doing Baptist Bible study there with them. So things going good. Amen. How, how, how are things as far as walking into a prison? Is that intimidating at all or how does that go? It is at, at first, um, you know, just seeing, you know, Attica is one of those old, old prisons. It's not really a modern one. And uh, so, uh, you know, knowing who's in there and so forth. But actually, you know, with with the guards that are there and, and everything, we're, we're pretty well protected. And uh, you get through that initial uh, shock of things and, and I guess you could say nerves of that but uh, the fellows that we've dealt with, uh, I, I don't think we've ever had any any issues at all. And uh, so 
uh, it's been it's been a good experience. It's 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 humbling, and um, you know, I guess you could say um, appreciating God's grace in men, uh, even those that uh, have made some horrendous uh, mistakes in life, uh, where they've truly trusted the Lord and uh, have made a made a difference in their life, where the Lord's made a difference in their life and changed their perspective on things. And so that's been a real blessing. Amen. And what a blessing you're able to go in there and preach the gospel. Amen. Um, that's, that's great. Okay. And Pastor Strobel, sir, how are you doing? Amen. Doing well. And just follow up on that. Um, sometimes I think when I'm in there and, and dealing with people there, and, and I think about this sometimes with just even other people that are not in, in prison, but Think how Jesus said uh, to to a group. He said, "Publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you." Mm-hmm. And there are some people that are, you know, they get they get along socially. They haven't committed uh, any crimes to speak of. Maybe look like uh, moral and upstanding uh, citizens in the community, and yet uh, they're going to die without Jesus Christ, and they're going to go to hell. And these, mm-hmm. there's many that have done hor- horrendous things that have repented of their sin and received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they're going to go to heaven. Amen. And while that seems uh, unequal, and even the Bible goes through things like that, talking about it, I think about Ezekiel, but uh, that seems unequal. But the thing about it is that none of us is good enough to get to heaven on our own. Amen. You know, we can't get there without the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, the Bible says that it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So that's what you got. You got some people that fall on his mercy and put their faith in his righteousness and some that don't, but trust in their own righteousness. And all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Amen. So the Lord's got us busy here. We um, had a good time uh, out in the streets last Saturday uh, doing some street work, street preaching. And the Lord will be out there again uh, this Saturday. Um we continue on with regular church services, Sunday school on Sunday morning, followed by the AM service and then the uh, Sunday evening service and then Wednesday uh, evening and uh, in our Sunday school on Wednesday, been teaching through two different books of the Bible. I've uh, been going for the last several years, actually now through the book of Psalms, uh, to undertook to do that. And uh, last week finished Psalm 89 and then just starting Psalm 90. And uh, Wednesday night, currently going through the book of Galatians and chapter 5 and have been hung up for several weeks dealing uh, with the particulars of the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, it's a, it's good stuff. Um, I enjoy uh, I enjoy reading about it, studying it, and uh, and going through it with the people. Amen. Amen. And and for those that maybe don't know or haven't done it, uh, when when you talk about a street ministry or street preaching, could you, could you give us just a short synopsis of what that's about and what that entails? Sure. And there are a variety of ways uh, that it can be done. And I I have participated in a variety of ways, but the um, solid, consistent street ministry that we have here in Lockport is on a street corner, uh, public public sidewalk. Um, We are, um, we were out there at an entrance to a supermarket and it's, and it's in the supermarket way back from the road. There's other, there's like a bank uh, that's closer to us than that. But uh, again, we, we get up there, we stay, we're on the public property, we bring out uh, scripture signs. Um, so we have ladies that participate, even children that'll participate. 
and they'll hold up the scripture signs and um, any of the men that want to will preach and so we preach at the stoplight while the vehicles are stopped and we'll have open windows a lot of times and um, sometimes they'll be closed and then sometimes they'll open them to, to hear what's saying and sometimes you put it out by faith uh, you know hoping it gets through the windows mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. while, the, while the vehicles are stopped we sow the seed of the word of God and I think one of the problems with this world is they don't have enough Bible exposure you know Amen. the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so um, we will sow it again casting that seed out there upon the waters and that that bread upon the waters as Ecclesiastes says trust and we're going to find it in, in uh, many days and trusting Isaiah 55 that as we sow that seed it's not going to return to the Lord void amen and, and, and uh, I'm gonna just throw this out too while I'm at it since you so mm-hmm. think that I just just occurred to make mention of this regarding street preaching sometimes if there's folks that think that ah, doesn't do any good and again first of all we're doing what we're supposed to do jeremiah went out and preached in the streets i think it's jeremiah 11 6 where the lord told him to do that but Amen. there's a place where he said to go out in the streets of jerusalem and uh and he's proclaim his word <clears throat> but um a little testimony some people will be familiar with uh, aw tozer who was a preacher and uh, wrote a number of uh, books. Uh, I think one was called famously Pursuit of God. And uh, Tozer, by testimony, when he was a young man, moved to uh, Ohio. I think it was Akron, Ohio. I'd have to look it up to make sure. And he saw a street corner preacher, and that led to his conversion. Amen. And there's a, I don't know the, a whole lot more of the particulars, but I have read that in the preface to one of his books, and um, it's very possible that that street corner preacher never even knew about his conversion. Mm-hmm. And boy, is he going to be surprised when he gets to heaven <laughs> to see where that went if, he, if that's yeah, the case? Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. And but the verse that know. you, the verse that you referenced is Jeremiah eleven six, as you said, and it says, "Then the Lord said unto me." Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. So, amen. amen. And Matt, are you doing much street preaching up in the Arctic? <laughs> no, not much. We, uh, but, but the weather is definitely a lot better now. We're uh, about 36 degrees uh, without the wind chill and uh, the snow is melting. We still have huge mounds of snow, but the streets now are all clear. So it's uh, it's summertime here now. The it's light almost twenty four seven, and so I just remembered last night. I told my wife Jennifer. I said, "Boy, I forget. You know how loud it is." all the way through the nighttime with the kids here i mean it's it's unbelievable it's a it's a different world because you have pretty much all the kids out all night long because it's light out and they're just you know they roam the streets it's like they own the town in the summertime at at nighttime it's like (laughs) i got off the street (laughs) but uh but they're loud and everything, so we, we try and get some noisemakers or fans or something in our room so we can have the windows open so we usually have our windows open you know, people might think this is crazy, but you know, 36 degree weather or something like that. We started uh, cracking the windows open because you know our houses are real well insulated. But the big thing is that the sun beats down on our houses for so long yeah. it just heats up your house. So, so people might think that's crazy. You know, 36 degree have the windows open, but it gets hot. So 
But yeah, it's nice. We finally some fresh have some fresh air in, in the house too after having it closed up for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. And so no snow left? Well, we've got, we still have snow. Uh, a lot of the snow on the tundra is gone now, but uh, we do have a couple front loader uh, big vehicles here that during the winter time, which is, you know, eight months out of the year or whatever, nine months out of the year, we've got uh, front loaders that will come and try and clear all the the snow that we get, the snow drifts and everything. And so we, you know, it started out with, you know, some snow drifts or some snow piles, you know, 15 feet high, you know, probably like you would get like in a supermarket or something that they pile that snow real high. That'll be the last right. thing to melt. So that's kind of what we got going on here. Still, there's still mm-hmm. snow on the ground uh, and the, you know, in the tundra and stuff like that. But uh, you know, there's bare spots and things like that. And it always amazes me, you know, how, you know, you start seeing these little flowers and plants start to, uh, you know, this tundra flowers and stuff start to, uh, grow again and it's just unbelievable that they can be dormant for nine months out of the year and go through the harsh conditions and then still pop up it's it's just uh miraculous amen amen and so you're gonna going to bring us an episode on why is there so much violence amen and um boy there certainly is isn't there yeah all right are you ready i'm ready All right, well, I'll give you the intro music and you'll be all set. Here you go. Well, man, I sure do appreciate it. And just wanted to thank everybody for uh, tuning in, listening, however you're listening to this. But we just wanted to thank you. I wanted to thank you also just personally, just thank you again for taking the time to to listen to these. Uh, If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 7. Ezekiel chapter 7. And again, the title is a question, which is, why is there so much violence? Why is there so much violence? And I think right now, especially with all that's gone on just in the past, we're, we're recording this now. It's uh, May 26th of 2022. And there's been a lot that's taken place. So we'll go over that in a minute here. But uh, Ezekiel chapter 7. Look what it says in verse 23, Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 23 says this, Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes, and the city is full of violence. Look at verse 25. Destruction cometh, and they shall seek peace, and there shall be none. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you'd help me, Lord, today to be able to bring forth, Lord, uh, what you've laid on my heart. Lord, help Help me to be, Lord, used of you and not to go through the flesh and and find any kind of strength through the flesh, Lord, for my flesh will fail me. And, Lord, it's wicked. So, Lord, we just pray that uh, you take control. I pray you'd cleanse me in your blood. I pray, Lord, that I'd be able to be a help, maybe even to some grieving people, maybe some people that are truly just, just maybe even at their wit's end and just not understanding why why there's so much violence everywhere and why things are as they are right now. And Lord, we just pray that again, you just use this, help others to be able to have some answers, to be able to give answers to others. And Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We have such a great savior, such a great God. Lord, help us to free you until you come back. Help us to be found faithful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's look here in Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 23 again. And it says, Make a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes, 
and the city is full of violence. And if you turn on the news lately or you go online and you look on the news, you're going to see a lot of headlines about violence, about bloody crimes, about terrible things that are taking place. I mean, it gets depressing sometimes. That's why I hardly ever, I hardly ever go online and look at the news or I hardly ever, um, now we don't have cable or anything, but I hardly ever want to go to a news station to be able to see what's going to be on there now because that's what it's going to be full of. It's going to be full of bloody crimes, full of violence. And then in Ezekiel 725, destruction cometh and they shall seek peace and there shall be none. And I believe truly that there's a lot of people, most of the people in this country, in this world that are seeking peace and they, they want peace. They, they turn on the news and they see all these people, school shootings, you know, store shootings, office buildings, shootings, playground shootings, churches. There are shootings everywhere. Uh, again, this is May uh, 26 now of 2022. We just had a terrible uh, senseless shooting there uh, in Texas and um, been praying for, of course, the families, all those that have been affected. Um, but a, a 18 year old went in there and, and shot up an elementary school and killed upwards to at least 20 kids. I believe it was 18 to 20, uh, third, fourth, fifth graders, somewhere around that age and, and a couple teachers. And, and we just had what, 10, 10, 11 days ago, a terrible shooting there in Buffalo, New York, and then we had a, a terrible shooting in New York City on the subway. And I mean, we could just go on and on. That's not to mention all the shootings that that, that aren't even brought a, a, across. But the, but you know, they call it gun violence and everything. But the the word is violence. Why why is there so much violence uh, today? And you know, many are asking why it's happening and why it's happening so frequently. You know, it's it's much more frequent now. It seems like and more than it has ever had before. And you know, mankind should be concerned. This should be something that should wake people up and say, what is going on? Why? Uh, we seek peace, but why is there so much violence? And a lot of people are desiring to get to the bottom of it. They're trying to come up with ideas or plans on how, you know, we can better protect our children and protect um, the the mankind as a whole, our, our society as a whole from from these things ever happening again. And that's a good thing. We should, we should try now finally wake up and say, okay, well, what is the issue here? Well, let's take a look just at the Bible here for uh, a few moments. Let's go look at Genesis chapter one. And let's look at the beginning here. Genesis chapter one. Now I did a study uh, two years ago, a little over two years ago on why does God allow evil to exist in the world? So if you want to look that up, that was actually done April 22nd of 2020. And that's why does God allow evil to exist in the world? And um, so that's a, that's a different study than this here. Um, there's going to be a, a few similarities, but uh, it's going to be different. So if you wanted to take a look at that as well. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first thing I want you to see here is God created everything perfect. God created everything perfect in the beginning. So we're going to start from there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then if you skip over to verse 31, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So to kind of get a beginning here, jumping off point for our study today, the first thing we have to notice here is that everything that God made in the very beginning was not just good. Mankind was not just good. Mankind was very good. So 
when people try and bring God into this and they try and say, well, why would God make people like this? God didn't make society or mankind like this at all. He made it not just good, but very good. And look at Genesis chapter 2 now. And look at verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And then in verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And not only did God make mankind very good, but he also made it a perfect society or a perfect uh, environment for him to live in, the Garden of Eden, where it was just unbelievably beautiful, um, comfortable. There was no pain, no suffering. There was no death. There was no sin. There was nothing of that. Now look with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And it says here, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So the only negative part that mankind ever knew was just one law from God. And it wasn't really a negative part because this was going to protect them. This was what's going to protect them, society, every, everything, uh, so that it didn't get all messed up. But look what happens here, of course, in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so what happens here, of course, is uh, Adam and Eve, they both partake of that fruit from that tree that God had forbid them to. And uh, God had already warned them, told them, listen, if you do this, the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. There's no doubt about it. You would. And still, mankind still thought that they'd be fine, even though they disobeyed God. And look at the result of what happened. Romans 5.12 says, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned and so the very first in the very beginning we see what takes place here god creates everything perfect puts mankind as perfect beings in a garden that is perfect and just gives them one law and the problem is that they thought that they could get over god around god and past god and be their own gods because Satan, of course, tempted her, saying, uh, he doesn't want you to eat thereof, in verse 5, because in your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's really what got a hold of her. Not only did it look good for food and everything, but, boy, she thought, wow, this is going to make me wise. I'm going to be like a god. And so she ultimately wanted to be her own god. She wanted to break free from God's rules, from his regulations, which was only one at the time, and wanted to be her own person. Right. She wanted to do her own thing. And as a result, there's consequences for that. And the consequences are death, pain, sin, suffering. Romans 6, 23 says for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what do I want you to see first here is God created everything perfect, but mankind messed it up, messed it up in the garden there in the beginning. I'll look at Genesis chapter six. God, of course, banishes them from the garden, puts a flaming sword uh, that turns every which way and cherubim there so that they couldn't get back into the garden. Uh, they couldn't get back in and take a part of the a tree of, um, 
um, the tree of life so that they wouldn't live forever and all that. And uh, so God cast them out and allows them to start all over again, fresh all over again, have a brand new start and, you know, tries once again with them. And here in Genesis chapter six, verse one, we find out, of course, what happens. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now we don't have time to go through all that uh, part of the study. Verse five and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. And perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So when we ask that question, why is there so much violence? Uh, there is, I, I can tell you right now, from the word of God, from God's own mouth, we have the answer, uh, especially right from the beginning. It's mankind. It's mankind that it says right here, of course, in verse 13, it says uh, the earth is filled with violence through them. It's not the earth's fault. It's mankind's fault. This violence comes through mankind and it's not through God. It's not through anybody else. You know, you can try and blame, blame the devil all you want. But that violence is coming through mankind. And so we know what happens. God destroys the earth, but he saves Noah and his family because uh, Noah was found, uh, found grace in his eyes. He was, he was a righteous man. He was doing what God told him to do. Everybody else, they didn't uh, want to, of course, obey God. And so the results come because of it. And look at Genesis chapter 11 now. And mankind, again, is given a fresh start there after they get off of the ark. And uh, again, uh, another society now where God cleans the slate, you know, just cleans it so that there's uh, nothing there anymore that would hinder them. And uh, he gives them some more laws now to try and keep them, you know, um, close to him. And look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. Uh, thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us. Look how many times now he says, us and we. They say us and we. And they said, Go to, let us. There's no God here at all. I mean, they don't have God in their minds and their hearts. They're not trying to ask God if this is okay. They just say, and they said in verse four, go to let us build us a city and a tower. Uh, it's not a city and a tower for God. It's for them whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we 
be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. The Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, and they may, that they may under, not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So again, here mankind, they're trying to get up to heaven. They're trying to build themselves their own city. Not once do you see anything about them uh, calling upon God to see if this was okay. Not once did they say, we're doing this not just for ourselves, but we're doing it for God too, for his glory, for his honor. And what they're trying to do is, again, they're trying to be their own gods. And so the common denominator in each of these first three times that mankind uh, destroyed a good fresh start to society given by God was that they were trying to live without God. They were trying to have a society without God. And you can see that common theme there. It shows up all throughout, not just those first three societies, but all the way through and imaginations, thoughts of the heart, their lives and their society. They wanted God out. And every time they did that, they corrupted and they destroyed the good society that they lived in. And we saw that with Adam. We saw that with um, we saw that uh, after uh, Noah and all of them got out of the ark, society started to corrupt themselves there, too. And then after the flood, we saw that everybody corrupts themselves there with the Tower of Babel. So, you know, I'll give you one guess as to why uh, we have so much corruption, so much violence today. Well, exactly what's taken place all from the very beginning. Our thoughts, um, we throw God out of our thoughts. We throw God out of our daily lives. Most Christians don't even read their Bibles consistently daily. Most Christians don't pray daily. Uh, most Christians don't go to church. I mean, we it's getting nicer here in Point Hope, the village of Point Hope, and and sometimes in the wintertime we get a you know we get a good amount of people coming and um and then it gets nicer out and it's like well if there's nothing you know if there's more other things to do i'm just going to go out and do that instead of coming to church well well this is our issue today is that we're trying to have a life without god and and if god fits into our lifestyle then okay but if he doesn't then then don't worry about it and the issue with that is we've just kicked god out and Again, the problem with that is we've seen all from a history, of course, God's history here, uh, that it never turns out good. Look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And in Romans chapter 1, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but look at verse 18. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which uh, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Every single person is, of course, made by God. He puts a light inside of every single person so they don't have an excuse. Also, he's made the, the heavens. He's made the earth. He's made us, which are unbelievable creations of God. There could be no doubt that for a creation, there was a creator. 
And just as you would say, well, there's a painting, there must have been a painter. You know, just as you would say there was a building, there must have been a builder. Uh, same thing with the creation. And that's why God says there's no excuse. Mankind goes on without God, says there's no God. But God, of course, says there's no excuse for them not to believe in me. And then in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations. Again, you, you see that going through what we were going through in, in Genesis, uh, the imaginations, their thoughts, and the same thing's going on here. Not thankful, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And that's where it starts. Those thoughts in your heart, your heart starts to become darkened. That's where the issue starts. Look at verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like unto a corruptible man, and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So, um, uh, well, I'll keep going. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. And that's what we've got going on today. We've got um, for generations now, at least one generation, if not more, of the school systems teaching evolution. And even if they don't have evolution being taught as a curriculum in school, the teachers or even just the students around them are making fun of God in the Bible and saying that that's just a fairy tale. And they make evolution as a fact that we came from monkeys and all that. And that billions and billions and trillions of years ago, just somehow the earth came about. And in verse 26, the Bible says in Romans 126, for this cause, God gave them up to unto vile affections for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And again, you have people saying, well, what's wrong with, you know, men being with men, women be with with women. They're not hurting anybody. Well, that's true. They're not necessarily maybe hurting anybody, you know, when it's just them. But the problem is that when you allow all this sin to take place in people's hearts, society goes downhill more and more and more. And it's a destruction of the society, which causes more violence. Look at verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God says, you want to go ahead, go ahead and do it? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you do it. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, uh, unmerciful. I mean, that without natural affection you would think that any normal human being would think about like this, this uh, young teenager did going into an elementary school with little kids. Um, you would think that they, he would have some kind of affection for those kids to not do something like that. But all of these, all that's gone on today uh, has made people have no affection, just without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. He's not merciful. Like verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So we see here, again, the downward trend. And you look at uh, our country, I know other countries are listening into to some of our podcasts, but 
uh, our country here in the United States of America, I'll just single us out. Boy, we've gone downhill. I mean, you can take every single one of these verses in Romans 1 and apply it to our country and apply it to our society. And it's the new norm. And it's the new, you know, just allow everybody to do whatever they want to do. And so what you have here is you have a society today that makes fun of the Bible, mocks the Bible, laughs at God, laughs at morality, any kind of morality just look down on. Uh, Evil is called good. Good is called evil. No one is trying to adhere to the Bible. No uh, well, I say no one. I mean, there's some, of course, that are trying, um, but for but for the majority, it's just laughed at. You know, television shows, movies, they just make fun of it and of the Bible and God and morality, and they're pushing all these worldly things, uh, devilish things, and uh, and then what happens is when you don't have the Bible to keep your heart in check, then it's downward trend, and what's in your heart eventually, if it's not taken care of that cancerous, um, spiritual cancerous problem in your heart will start to come out. And that's what we've got going on today in society. I'll never forget somebody that I know many, many years ago, shortly after I got saved, they were having a problem with their child. And their child, I think, was about five, six years old at the time. And we were in a line somewhere, and the child just would not behave. And so I said, hey, you better listen to your mom. And they turned around and said, well, why? I said, because the Bible says so, because God says so. And that lady turned around and I thought she was going to say, well, thank you so much for, you know, helping and, and all that kind of stuff and saying that. Instead, she turned around and said, the Bible, <laughs> the Bible. After I was helping her out with her child to try and get her child under control, she mocked the Bible, laughed at the Bible, said, you know, to obey your parents was was just laughable because God said so. That's where we're at in society today. And we wonder why the society that we're in today is filled with violence. Uh, I can I can tell you right now, it's because we've thrown God out. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Now, I'm not going to get political, too political anyway, but uh, I tried to watch the speech by uh, President Biden the other day. And... The, the first few minutes of his speech was great. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, and I'm, I, I, everybody knows that, you know, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of his um, policies, of course, because they go fully against the word of God. And I believe that uh, many times he's an enemy to, to Christians, um, at least what he believes, uh, most of what he believes. But, but uh, you know, he's lost two children. He's lost two children himself. He's had to bury two children himself. And I believe that, uh, you know, that that at least that beginning part of his speech, I thought it sounded like he was being sincere and he was talking about when you lose a loved one, when these parents have lost a little child, it's like a, a hole or a void void inside of your soul. And it's almost like you are being sucked into that hole and that void and you're going to lose yourself. And I mean, just the way he was talking about that kind of thing, I, I really, you know, I, th- I thought it was good. And, and I thought he was trying to, you know, be there and be, you know, show that he understood and, and things like that, and that he wanted to solve the issue. And then it was like his demeanor just fully changed to back to being a politician. And then he went and said, we need to get control of this, you know, gun violence. And, you know, I've, I've tried to, um, you know, back, you know, when uh, he was under Obama and all that, I was trying with the Sandy Hook uh, shootings and stuff. I've been trying to get this 
you know, things passed for gun control and things like that. My question is right now, and, and I've even seen Christians um, um, posting on social media and different things like that, that we need to, um, you know, do more laws for guns and, and background checks and things like that. And listen, why are we going right to policies and laws of the world? Why aren't we going to the root of the problem? Because, because I mean, listen, we've got Christians that could care less about being in church, could care less about getting their kids to Sunday school, care less about getting their kids in the church. The, the society today cares more about, you know, sports, you know, sports are fine. But if, if you're, you know, getting your kids to sports instead of getting them to church, and then you wonder why kids are in a mess they're in today, uh, I, I mean, I can't help you. I mean, the reason why we're having the mess we're in today with violence and everything with kids and adults alike is because we've made God just a byproduct, just, just kind of off to the side. And, you know, we have some parents, which is good saying, Hey, did you do your homework today, Johnny, you know, for, for school tomorrow. And, but then they don't say, Hey, did you do your Sunday school paper? You know, your work did you memorize your memory verse? No, they don't care about that kind of stuff. And then when, when there's no morality in their kids and in other kids and other adults, they say, well, the, the fix is we just have to put more laws out there. Well, wait a minute. Well, whatever happened to going back to God, repenting, going back to God, getting our families right. It starts with us in our household, starts with us in our heart. First and foremost, look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine. Again, we got to get to the root of the problem here. What, what the issue is. Jeremiah chapter 17, it's not more gun laws. It's not, you know, more worldly laws. You know, why, why don't we get, you know, our families back to where they need to be? They need to be back in the church. They need to be back in the Bible. They need to have a fear of God before their eyes. And in Jeremiah chapter 17, it says in verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So right there, it says the heart is deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. So that means Johnny at 10 years old, he's got a wicked heart. That means you at 40, 50, 60 years old, whatever age you are, you still have a wicked heart. Whether you're saved or lost, we still have this flesh and we're not going to drop this flesh and get a brand new glorified body until the Lord takes us home at the rapture. And so we've got this wicked flesh here and we need to do something about it because if we don't, we're going to keep getting worse and worse as a, as a society. Look at Matthew chapter 15. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15. And look at verse 18. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These things are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So it says right there in verse 19, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. And we of course know that, but then if those evil thoughts are not kept under check, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. The whole issue is that we're not allowing society to go to the source, to go to what can um, heal them to be able to have a fix for the problem of violence in society, which is the word of God. And the word of God will take a hold of your heart 
And these thoughts are like a spiritual cancer in your heart and in your mind. And the only thing that can cut those things away is found in Hebrews chapter 4. Look at me to Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, I'm telling you right now, before anybody did any kind of a sinful act outwardly, they first were meditating upon it, thinking about it in their heart. Those imaginations, those thoughts in their heart were not kept in check, were not reproved and rebuked and cut away by the word of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is quick, it's alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we've got the word of God. We've got the fix for the problem of the world here today, of, of this country, of our house, of our heart. And that is the Bible. The Bible is what will take control, cut away um, the cancerous spiritual thoughts and wickedness and everything so that it doesn't become an outward action. And again, all these mass shootings and things, the shooter first thought about all that in their heart. Now, would would they have listened and did all that if, if we were back to the Bible and all that? Now, not all of them maybe might not have. They just would have just said, no, I'm not going to listen to that and go and still do it. But I'm telling you right now, society as a whole, as we've seen, of course, in the Bible already, would be so much better uh, if we would get back to the the source. And that's the word of God. Look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And this goes for not just the lost. This goes for the saved. I mean, there's a lot of saved. Anybody that's saved can fall and and do any of these terrible crimes and these terrible acts of violence. And the reason why is because, like I said, we have this wicked flesh, this wicked heart inside of us still that needs uh, to be cleansed, that needs to be uh, put under by the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9 says this, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Again, with, with a wicked heart problem that we have, we need to go and we need to, with our whole hearts, seek God and ask him, please don't let me wander from thy commandments and hide his words in our heart daily that we might not sin against him. And that's what we need to do. But, but people don't do that. The Bible says in Psalm 10, 4, that God is not in all our thoughts and in the wicked thoughts. Okay. And, and we know that we saw that uh, with, of course, Genesis chapter six that uh, their hearts were only evil continually. Well, look at me to Psalm 28 now. And we just have a few verses left and we're done. But in Psalm 28, first and foremost, we as Christians, we need to get our hearts right. And uh, we need to be where we're supposed to be. We need to get, we need to stop putting the priorities on uh, sports and on entertainment, with which are not all necessarily bad things. But we need to stop putting the priorities on those things for our lives, for our children's lives, for our grandchildren's lives, for everybody else. And we need to put our priorities back on God, on the word of God, on church, on praying, on meditating upon the word of God, on reaching the lost. Uh, that has all been put to the back burner. And because of it, society is degraded to where we're at today and getting worse and worse. Psalm 28 
verse 1. Here's David. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. So David's asking, uh, uh, he's crying out to God and saying, God, please draw me not away with the wicked. He knows that he's got a wicked heart and he's saying, Lord, please don't allow me to be drawn that way. And we, of course, know what the book of James says, that we are drawn away uh, with our own lusts. And uh, that's that's the issue is that's where sin comes when we're drawn away. Look at uh, Psalm chapter 86. Psalm 86. This is a great prayer that every single saved Christian needs to be praying every day for the Lord to take a hold of our hearts and not allow it to be drawn to bad thoughts or terrible things, or, or to the devil. Um, you're in Psalm 86. I'm going to read that in James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So it's when you're drawn away, uh, of course, from what you know what is right, from God and all that, um, and you're you're tempted with that sin, and you're drawn away with it. Uh, we need to beg God and ask God daily, Lord, I know my heart's wicked. It uh, wants to be drawn away. That's, what it's, that's, that's its desire most of the time. Please, Lord, take my heart. Take my heart. Look at it. Uh, Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered me, my soul, from the lowest hell. Uh, Unite my heart, God. That's a great prayer. Look at Psalm 119. These are great prayers. Uh, We need to be praying things like these every day because our hearts are wicked. Psalm 119, verse 32, the Bible says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Look at verse 36. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Again, our strength is not in ourselves. It's in God. I can do all things through Christ, uh, which strengtheneth me. And it's only through his help that we can do that. Look at uh, verse 80, Psalm 119, verse 80. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. And uh, one more here. Look at Psalm 141. Psalm 141 and verse 1. Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties. A great prayer. That's a great prayer for anybody to pray, Lord, take my heart. I know that out of it can come all these wicked things, especially murders and fornication, all this violence that can come out of it if I don't keep it in check. 
Lord, help me to love your Bible, cut away with the word of God, these wicked desires and thoughts. And so that I don't eventually do those kinds of things. And then we need to go out. We need to preach the word of God. We need to preach the gospel to the lost because second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As Pastor Strobel was talking about, um, you know, with the jails and things like that, I mean, you can have somebody that uh, has done some terrible, terrible things, but then they get saved and they have all new desires. They're just totally new people. And that's what the society needs. It doesn't need new gun laws and things like that. It needs born again Christians, people getting born again and then having a love for God, having a desire to want to serve him, getting in the church. We need churches filled. We need everybody in church, good Bible-living church, and that is that is the answer. It's not more laws, worldly laws, and then just keep going on and, and forgetting about God. That's not getting to the root of the problem. I love this, and I'll end with this. Um, great song. Every time we sing it, I always think about myself with this, and, and we should with all hymns, but uh, Come Thou Fount, and uh, just, a, just a great song. And in the third verse, it says, O oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And again, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, take my heart, take others' hearts, seal it to you so that I want to follow your words. I want to love you more so that all these Wicked, violent acts do not come out from my heart or others. All right. Thanks, guys. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Um, Amen. That, that was a great study. And, you know, I think sometimes we're quick to point the finger at others and say, well, it's this uh, person's fault. It's the too many guns. It's this, it's that. But it's really mankind in general, isn't it, that has violated God's laws and, and just moved so far away from him. Amen. Uh, Pastor Steve. Well, amen. Good study, Matt. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, you know, you hit it on the head when you, you mentioned that the heart is the issue. Uh, I've had many discussions with people over the years. And in fact, I remember going to a public school, uh, having a parent teacher meeting with uh, one of my, my kids, uh, teachers and uh, uh, they were asked to uh, comment on gun control and, and things along this line and and uh, he wrote a paper on it and and this uh, my, my child put down the, the reason for the, the, all the problems with with guns and so forth is is someone with a wicked heart and uh, uh, you know he didn't quite accept that answer and you know, I, I gave the illustration. I said, look, you know, you can take anything, whether it's a gun, a knife, uh, a bat, uh, a hammer, you know, anything that someone can use to hurt somebody with, and I can set it right here on the table, and I can set it and leave it there fully loaded, uh, ready to go, safety off, and unless someone with an evil intent in their heart to do something with that, is the thing that makes the difference. It's not the instrument, it's not the gun, it's not the knife that causes the violence. It is the person with an evil and wicked heart that does that violence. Uh, you know, you, you quoted, uh, I think, in Matthew chapter 15, but 
Matthew chapter 12 has a verse there in verse 35. It says, A good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of, uh, bringeth forth evil things. And the, the thing is, is that if the heart of man isn't restrained by some force, and when I say force, I, I'm obviously referring to God. I'm referring to the Word of God and the, the preaching of the Word of God. Without that restraining force, he's able and in, in, in many cases willing to do anything that his own heart desires to do, whether he gets mad or whether he's uh, uh, deranged in some way in thinking that uh, you know everybody's out to get him or something along that line, which deals with the mental health issues that are out there for us, and that's a discussion for another time. But uh, or someone that just has this idea. I mean, you know, people are maybe uh, uh, unwilling to stretch it this far, but you have all of these. Uh, reality game uh, gaming things, tour of duty, and all this kind of things, where where uh, young people are are sitting there and killing people virtually on this video game, and uh, after a while, the the virtuality of it isn't satisfying anymore, and they they basically, without God, without any restraining force, decide to go out and do it for real. And, uh, you know, when you take God out of the picture, you're really messing things up. You realize that God doesn't want man to do those things. He doesn't want God to, or want man to get into to violence and so forth. In fact, he hates it. In uh, Psalm 11, verse 5, it says, The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So it's it's not God's desire that any man do any of these things. And obviously, the, you know, the, the, the next question says by people, well, why can't God stop it? Well, if God's given us free will, and uh, with that free will, you can choose to, to follow evil or you can choose to follow righteousness. And, and really, that violence is a choice. Uh, in Proverbs, I'll, I'll, I'll just finish with this. There's there's a lot more, and I'm sure Pastor Strobel's got many more verses to, to do this. But in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, in verse uh, 29, it says, Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he have done thee no harm. Here it is. Envy thou not the oppressor, and choose none of his ways. If we add the restraining force of the Word of God and, and a personal relationship with God that is promoted, then a lot, of these, a lot of this violence would never take place. Now, man's heart's wicked, and I understand that. But maybe by the grace of God, if it was not restrained, uh, you know, uh, held back as far as society is concerned, some of these things might be averted. You know, when you talked about uh, evolution, do you, you ever take a look at nature? Nature is violent. It is very violent. In fact, they show it on all, all these animal documentaries and so forth. They show the lion going after the antelope and all of these kind of things. And, and if, if we've been taught, and I say we as a society have been taught that evolution is, is the fact and, and the Bible's just a bunch of fairy tales, 
then people are going to resort to what nature is, the survival of the fittest and so forth. And you put that mindset within people and people are going to do violent things. So, you know, the the issue again is with the heart and that we ought to find things uh, that will help us to uh, cope with the, the evil surmisings of our own heart, which is obviously the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, a, a relationship with him and the preaching of his word, like you mentioned, of people getting to church. So, uh, again, good study and appreciate it. And, and uh, I hope people will take this seriously and not, not just dismiss this as, oh, yeah, another Bible believer. Yeah, he's talking about God again, you know, because it really is the issue. Amen. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Well, these things are they're tragic things, and um, it's it's disturbing. It's disturbing, you know, when it hits close to home, as as it did for a lot of people, and of course the families in uh, Buffalo here. Um, it hit real close to home, and of course now in Texas, and 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 as Matt said, there's just a myriad of these things that have taken place, and um, you know, one of the things I prayed for right after this Buffalo incident, after praying for the families and, and the people, you know, that um, were injured, hurt, died, lost loved ones and so forth, um, is just for the Lord to thwart the efforts of, of others that would come after and try to do this. Because these when these things crop up, it usually tends to spawn more of it. And um, I was, uh, I just, and I was just so disheartened to hear of the, the one in Texas. But I, I pray, I'm still praying along those lines that the Lord would take people that are that have these things in their heart and their minds, and they're going to do something and just stop them. And I think the best news yeah. headlines are are some that we've never heard, and never will hear because they didn't happen. Because um, the Lord intervened, and God can stop it. But to the point that Steve was making, um, He does give us a free will. And I'm going to tell you, in the big picture of this thing, the reason why these things take place, putting all this stuff together that uh, Matt was talking about and Brother Steve's talking about, it's this is the result of sin. In With sin, innocent people get hurt. You know, the first baby boy that was uh, born on this earth uh, was a murderer. He, he, he was violent towards his brother and, uh, and killed him. And uh, it's a it's a wild thing, but that is human nature, and and because of sin running, this this is just a proof that sin isn't the way things are supposed to work. And you want a peaceful society? You can't have it with with a sinful society. This world talks about peace. They don't want the Prince of Peace. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And that's a, a whole another thing to go down. But uh, we have things in our society that also help to foment this violence. Uh, one of them is uh, liquor and drunkenness. In Proverbs 4, verse 17, it says, For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And, but it doesn't take a, doesn't take a PhD to, to know that when people get liquor in them, uh, by and large, a lot of them are more prone to fight. <laughs> you know, we have uh, a word in our, or a phrase in our society, bar fights. Why, why do we even say that? Because it happens a lot. <laughs> and people get the, the uh, drink in them, and then they just get tend to get violent. A lot of them do. Many a man's come home and beaten up on his wife and, and his kids in, in a drunken stupor, and, and he wouldn't behave that way. Some of them, anyway, wouldn't behave that way if they were sober. Uh, music. Uh, and Steve mentioned the video games, and, and that helps to foment it. Music also does. 
um, musician from years gone by, more popular years gone by, uh, Frank Zappa, uh, he had a PhD in music. And he got to thinking to himself um, in, in his heyday, you know, if a certain type of beat makes you tap your foot, what kind of beat makes you curl up your fist and strike? And then, uh, and uh, as I understand it, did kind of an experiment and, and had like a riot at one of his concerts. Was he, he found what type of beat merely stirs people up. You know, uh, another thing that helps to foment this is just people, the way that they talk. Um, I mean, the, the stuff we see on, uh, folks see on TV, movies, the violence there, and then the talking about it. Uh, Proverbs 10, 6, blessings are upon the head of the just, but the vi- but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. They speak it. Proverbs 10, 11, a few verses later. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. And people begin to talk about this. A lot of, a lot of wickedness and wicked acts start with folks just talking about it. I mean, even before that, thinking about it, and then they, they vocalize it with other people. I mean, you have people sitting around and talking. They start talking about doing foolish things. Um, a lot of times teenagers, high school students have done this, you know, all ages, I reckon. Uh, and they talk about doing something stupid and foolish, and one of them says, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Somebody else says, yeah, we should. Another, another guy says, let's do it. And then they're out, you know, on the town, um, doing stupid things, and I mean, I could tell you stories. I got out just in time before some, some of them. But the social media platform that we have has provided a way for violent-minded people also to uh, stir up others. Uh, Proverbs sixteen twenty-nine. It says this: A violent man enticeth his neighbor, and leadeth him into the way that is not good. And, and the social media platform has allowed people that, that think that way to entice others to act with violence. And, and it happens all, all, too, all too often. I mean, it's a, let, me, let me just close with this. Um, I was talking to a lady the other day on the phone. Um, family had been trying to help out, and she lives in a different part of western New York. But she said, uh, can, I, can I ask you a question? And, of course, I said yes. And... She said, you heard about what happened over in, in Buffalo and the shooting at Tops and everything? I said, yes. And she said, how, do you, how, do you, how can you even go to the grocery store now, you know? And she was definitely concerned, you know, just, you know, there, it, it puts fear in you. And I tried to give her some words of encouragement, comfort, uh, faith, and, and also let her know I've seen even in our local, one of our local grocery stores, a strong presence of uh, law enforcement personnel uh, standing watch. And I've seen them inside and out. And, and, and that's kind of, that is kind of, even just for me, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that, tell you the honest truth. But I want to offer this. If you have... Um, if these things have wrought fear and trepidation in you, or, or if they ever do in regard to this violence, I want to offer you a way to pray about it from an example of David. And this comes from Psalm 140. And David prays, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. And we always have to go off haphazard and, 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 and you know not talk to the Lord about this. I mean, they're out there. And there are random acts of violence, and I mean, uh, we we pray for certain preachers uh, every week. Different, we're on a list. Uh, Brother Steve's on that list, and we we have pastor. Sometimes two pastors a week we pray for, and I am repeatedly praying when I'm praying. I'm I pray, Lord, protect them from and their churches from unreasonable and wicked men, because I know it's Amen. out there. 
and um, so David's praying, preserve me from the, the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually they are gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. So there's a way to pray. You can pray, God, preserve you from that. And I, I pray it not just for myself, but I pray it for others. Um, and, uh, and and thank God, you know, uh, God is watching, and, and, and God's going to hold folks accountable, and day of reckoning is coming. And we'll, we'll commit these things to him that judgeth righteously. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Struble. Well, we are going to draw it to a close. Thanks, Matt, for the, uh, the, uh, the study here on, on why is there so much violence. Um, certainly a, a timely message here today. And again, if you'd like to um, have a certain topic uh, for us to take a look at, you can email me at eric at that's in the Bible.com, or you can also email us at uh, that's in the Bible at gmail.com and go to our website at that's in the Bible.com. You could leave a voice message on the website. You can uh, use our contact page to, um, to tell us your thoughts. And, and again, thank you for listening. Um, and tuning in and you know it's the answer is not in President Biden the answer is even not in President Trump so whatever country you're in it's the answer is not the politician it's the Lord Jesus Christ people so amen uh, amen amen so take to heart the scriptures here you, the good thing about a podcast like this is you can rewind you can make notes you can listen to it again Um, And I encourage you to do all of the above. But until next time, thanks, fellas, for joining, giving up your time. And thank you for tuning in. And Lord willing, we'll, uh, we'll do this again real soon. Shall rise righteous be in the skies. Lord.